welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World several times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is about the can't-miss attractions for Disney World first-timers, so let's dive in. Welcome again, everyone, to episode 30 of The Budget Mouse. It's January, and in my experience, this is the most popular time of year for people to start planning a Disney vacation. There's been lots of activity over on The Budget Mouse Facebook group and lots of questions from folks planning their first ever Disney World vacation. If you haven't joined our free private Facebook group yet, please do. Just search for The Budget Mouse on Facebook, ask to join, and we will add you. So I asked for suggestions for topics for upcoming podcast episodes on the Facebook group, and there was some interest in tips for best rides by age and must-see attractions at each park and have it geared towards people on their first trip. So while this isn't exactly budget-related, this knowledge can make a huge difference in the quality of your vacation, and I want you to have the best possible experience in the theme parks. So I'm joined in this week's episode by someone who knows the Disney parks inside and out, and that's Sierra Dizer, our incredible travel agent for for the Budget Mouse. She has planned many trips for readers, and I think she is the best Disney travel agent around. So you can find Sierra online at spreadingmagic.com, and she's also an admin of the Budget Mouse Facebook group, so you can usually find her there as well. So there's actually no fees to use her services, and you'll pay exactly the same booking with her as you would directly with Disney. And she can help you with all aspects of planning your trip. And please forgive the sound quality. It's not quite up to my normal standard, but it was my first time having a remote guest on the show, and I have to get the technical challenges worked out. So expect better sound quality next time. With no further ado, let's get to the show. I'm so excited to have a special guest on the show today. I have Sierra, who is a travel agent with Destinations in Florida. She's not just any travel agent. She is the travel agent for the Budget Mouth. Hi, Sierra. Hi, Leah. Thanks for having me. I am so glad you're here. Now, we've had a reader or several readers request this topic for a show. So what we're going to attempt to do <laughs> in our limited time is talk about what we personally feel are the can't miss attractions at the four Disney theme parks on your first visit. And a couple of readers in the Budget Mouse Facebook group asked, you know, how do we even know where to start? And that a podcast episode on that would be helpful to them. So we've decided to put our minds together and try and give them somewhere to start in the theme parks. So they also mentioned that it would be helpful to split this up in some way by age groups. So we talked about um, having recommendations for like the little kid crowd. Now, when I was thinking in my mind, little kid, I was thinking like five and under. I was thinking preschoolers and I found that on my list, a lot of them would be fine for even toddlers, one and two year olds, because so many of them don't have height requirements. And for a lot of the ones that do, it usually takes kids to be four or five to be big enough. I was basically thinking, what did my daughter love when she was four years old, three years old at the parks? 
So Sierra also is a mom to two littles. How yep. old are yours now? My son just turned seven and my daughter just turned two. Oh, so, and my daughter. So we played the parks often. Yes. These kids have been to Disney World. <laughs> I'm sure you get asked, how many times have you been to Disney World? And they go, uh, like they have no idea because it's too many times, right? Right. Right. So we have our recommendations for the five and under crowd. And then I kind of just did like older kids crowd. And then I did like adults, teenagers and adults. If I was thinking like seven, eight, nine-ish for the kids area, like the target age, a little bit older, a little bit younger would be fine. And then I was thinking like, you know, 14, 15, all the way through adults for our last group. Well, that's wonderful because we did not talk about this ahead of time, but we just kind of gave a rough idea of what we'd be doing. We also have not talked about our choices ahead of time. So we think it'll be very interesting to see, and I'm sure some will be the same, and I'm sure some will be very different. Um, And that's good to know, too, that at Disney World, you know, it really depends a lot on your personal tastes and, like, what your kids are into, the kinds of things that they're going to like. Um, And even adults, too. Like, some adults are going to really like the stage shows. And some adults are going to be like, eh, not really feeling it, right? So this is just our personal opinion. You know, take what you like and leave the rest. But in our experience, this is what has been the best. So we're going to start with Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom has the most attractions of any park, over 40 attractions. <laughs> okay, So you're not going to see and do it all. So you do have to make choices at Magic Kingdom, right? right? And especially for the little crowds, because we feel like it has the most attractions for the little ones. Absolutely. I mean, there is just, there really is something for everybody, but especially if you're traveling with children five and under, it by far has the most that you can do together as a family without having to take advantage of the rider swap, splitting up with the older kids and things like that. Totally. Okay, Sierra, kick it off. Sure. That's a a tough challenge, actually. So (laughs) for the little ones, that's what I'm I'm struggling to pick just the three for Magic Kingdom. Um, But I would say the three that you have to do are Dumbo. It's a classic. Um, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, I think it just is great for that younger crowd. And then really Peter Pan's Flight um, is always a super popular ride. I know it's short, um, but I mean, again, it's a classic. It's been there forever and it has crazy long wait times. So there must be something that everybody enjoys. I personally love Peter Pan's flight with a weird passion. <laughs> and I, it's one that I have to ride every time I'm there. So the one that I had on my list that you had as well is Dumbo which I love so much. I feel like you can't go, you can't take a little kid to Disney World and not go on Dumbo. It's classic. It's so much fun. And they will love it. It's more thrilling than you think it's going to be too. It's pretty exciting up there. So it's Especially <laughs> the double Dumbos now that they redid New Fantasyland. Yes, we love it. Um, so I also had It's a Small World because my daughter is obsessed with the ride. I, some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm kind of lukewarm on it, but For little kids, like, it's so visually stimulating, and the music is so, like, something they can grasp. And I think little kids, even babies, like, babies will love It's a Small World. So I have that on my list. I also have my daughter's first ever ride that she went on at Disney World. (laughs) That is the People Mover. (laughs) When she was three months old, she sat on my lap and went on the People Mover and loved it. Now, that's my favorite attraction Magic Kingdom because I am a dork. <laughs> oh, that's like our must do. My kids know the paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. They know all the little quips. And <laughs> Yes. 
it's in Tomorrowland and it's kind of hidden. You, you sometimes can't tell the entrance between Astro Orbiter and the People Mover to find their um their escalators, like ramp escalators that go up to the People Mover though. Um, right. Do not skip it. I think you'll enjoy it so much. You get great views of the castle. You get to go inside several attractions in Tomorrowland. It's a wonderful attraction that even tiny babies can ride. So yeah, love it. All right, let's move on to kids. Why don't you go? So for Magic Kingdom, first and foremost, I felt like I couldn't skip over Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Super popular. Again, a great one for a fast pass. Always has long waits. And um, with a height requirement of only 38 inches, usually kids at least by five are able to ride. But it has a couple of the drops. It goes a little fast around the corners. So I think it's great to really keep them entertained and can be a good first roller coaster. Um. Now, I, I do have an older son. My son is seven, so I tried to think of him more in this age. He also absolutely loves Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin in Tomorrowland. Um, he just thinks that one's so much fun. You Everybody gets their own little laser gun. You can keep your score. A perfect score is 999,999. So that's everybody's goal. If you get it, you get a sticker on the way out. Um and then the other one that I thought of that he really enjoys is Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, if the kids have seen the movies, it's kind of neat. That's one that the parks had the attraction and then it inspired the movies and then it went back and re-inspired the attraction. So it's kind of been a big full circle thing at Disney parks. And so it's kind of neat to see that, especially if you're a fan of the movies. I love it. I had two out of those three on my list. Great oh, minds. really? Great minds think alike. Okay, so I also had to put Seven Dwarfs Mind Train on. I mean, I could not, you can't miss it. Right. Now, but I did add a ca caveat to that. It can be very difficult to get fast passes for still, um, and some people can't get it. Now, your, your option is to try and ride it first thing out the gate, but that even requires technique to do like you have to know where to line up <laughs> before the park opens to be able to get in and on and off and of it that is quick... in the back of the park yes. so it does take time to get there yeah so that one if you don't have a fast pass for it it can be hard to ride even at park opening um so i'm saying as an alternative i'm sneaking another one in here because i'm just sneaking <laughs> like that i'm saying big thunder mountain railroad is, is similarly fun I personally think it's more fun. Um, it doesn't have the big drop. It's not even a big drop, but Seven Dwarfs has that drop that's kind of dramatic. Big Thunder Mountain has more like fast turns and ups and downs, but I find it to be more fun than Seven Dwarfs and it's a little bit longer than Seven Dwarfs. So if you can't get a fast pass for Seven Dwarfs, Big Thunder Mountain is a great alternative. Your kids will love it at that age, I think. Um, I also have Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Uh, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't not have that on the list for this age group. It's really fun. Even though I'm not a video game person, I don't I have no interest in like shooting targets and stuff, but I feel like most kids do at this age and they will love it. So I wanted to put a character meet on the list because I like this age for character meets before they get too old where they're like too cool for character meet and greets. Um, and I was thinking like, what's the, what's my favorite character meet at Magic Kingdom? So it's actually one that's not on a lot of people's radar. It's Pete's Silly Sideshow which is in the new fantasy land and it's way in the back. And what's nice about it, there's no fast passes for it. And a lot of people aren't sure what it is when they see it. They say, Pete's silly side show. What is that a store or somewhere to eat? Like, I don't know. And they, they skip it, but you can meet four characters there. Um, and usually not a long wait. So you can meet Minnie, Daisy, 
Goofy and Donald and the character interaction, particularly with Goofy and Donald is so good. So that's my pick for my character meet for that age. So now is Minnie still back there now that as of last Friday, she moved up to town square theater with Mickey. I do not know. I don't actually have no idea. If you can't find Minnie back there. I know she's meeting with Mickey in Town Square Theater right now for the new 2019 celebration. Yes, for a limited time, she's up there in their fancy, super cute celebration outfits. Love them. They're all stiffed up. So I did have pirates on another list. So (laughs) why don't you tell us about your adults or older teenagers and adults? So for that group, I had to go with the three classic mountains. So I did Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I think they offer the most exciting rides if you're looking for that. Um, Typically, as teenagers and even adults, they're looking for something a little bit more exciting, more thrilling. And I think your classic Three Mountains would give you that. Awesome. I also had Space Mountain on my list because it's classic. Now, I will say, the older I get, the less I like Space Mountain (laughs) because it jerks you around a lot. And My my husband's always afraid he's going to get decapitated because some of those beams seem so low, but promise it's totally safe. It is safe. It's safe, but it does jerk you around. It's totally in the dark, so you kind of can't anticipate the turns. And so you're like, whoa, whoa, and it jerks you around quite a bit. So uh, give that warning, too. (laughs) If you take Leah's tip of riding the people mover, you get a tiny little preview of what you'll encounter on Space Mountain. Yes, you do. Oh, I love the people mover. It's so good. (laughs) Okay. So I also had pirates on my list. I mean, I am a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan. Uh, It is quintessential Disney to me. And I can't imagine going to Magic Kingdom and not riding pirates. So um, can't be missed. My other one that I have is the Haunted Mansion, because similarly to pirates, I think it's classic Disney. And I think that teenagers particularly will get a kick out of it. Um, It's spooky, but not scary. I don't think, I mean, I think it would be terrifying to little kids. Like do not, I wouldn't ever say to take a little bitty kid on it, but like older kids that can get the jokes in it, the spooky kind of jokes, I think would love it. And I think most adults would get a big kick out of Haunted Mansion. So that is on my list. All right. So we're going to move on to the next park that opened at Disney World, which is Epcot. Okay. And um, let's start with the littles at Epcot. So for the littles at Epcot, I have the Seas with Nemo and Friends. I think it's adorable. They love to see, they actually see the characters that they recognize from the movies. And then they also get to see some real fish at the end. And then you can even take your time to explore the aquariums. I kind of consider it all one attraction, all one building. Um, As long as your kids aren't afraid of characters, I think Character Spot's a great one. It has your classics. It's going to be Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy. So hopefully who they're most likely to recognize. And then my third one is actually the playgrounds that they set up during the festivals at Epcot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think especially for the little ones, sometimes they have energy. You don't want to spend a ton of time waiting in lines if you can't get fast passes. I think it's a great place to just let them kind of explore and play especially on their own they need a break from the strollers from you holding them things like that and it's a great way to enjoy that that's so smart and they have festivals most of the year now at epcot with the exception of the summer but you know i saw the a new playground up at epcot when i was there just two weeks ago it was on the side of one of the interventions and um i don't know if it's set up for festival of the arts but it seemed like a permanent playground And it was themed. I think that's one that they had started for Flower and Garden. They usually just leave it up and then re-theme it each year. 
Yes, this one was for Inside Out, was themed towards Inside Out. So it was very cool. I love the playgrounds there as well. So my top pick was also the Seas with Nemo and Friends. I just could spend hours there with a little one. I'm going to tell this story of riding Soren, which we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure, um, with an older couple. And they were not going to go to the seas at all because they thought it was just for little kids. And I said, no, you've got to go see Turtle Talk with Crush. You will get such a kick out of it. It's such a good show. So anyway, I've got to plug that. Um, I also had the character spot on my list. Because they are, it's that's such a good little kid character, meet and greet. You're right. They're going to recognize them from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. They're dressed in their normal clothes, so they'll yeah. recognize them. Unlike at Pete's Silly Sideshow where their outfits are weird and they wouldn't necessarily recognize them. Um, but I also, because I'm old school and I love um, slow moving boat rides is my thing. Uh, I love living with the land. <laughs> at um, the Land Pavilion. And I took my daughter on that when she was little and it was mesmerizing to her, like every part of it. And I mean, it's not like technologically advanced at all, but it's a fascinating ride. I love it as an adult. And I think little, like even babies will sit on it and just look around. It's Look for a Mickey on there too. Yes. Okay, let's go on to um, older kids. So older kids at Epcot, I have Mission Space. Um, the Kid Cop Fun Stops that are throughout the world showcase. And then um, Image Works, which is kind of a play area at the end of the Figment ride, the Journey into Imagination with Figment. Nice. I think it's kind of a great place on a rainy day, a hot day. They can cool off. They can kind of just explore on their own. I didn't even think about that place. And I, it is a great place for kids to you know, have unstructured time, which is so important at Disney World, where you're not like marching from attraction to attraction. Like kids are kids still, and they need unstructured time to let loose a little bit. So I have Frozen Ever After as the first pick on this age group, because, you know, this is kind of prime Frozen age to me, um, where kids get obsessed with the movie and the characters. And so, you know, it's kind of a, like an homage to Frozen, the ride essentially is. So I think they would get a kick out of that ride at this age group. I also put Soren on this age group because I, my daughter loves Soren and like that's the one we can't miss every time we go to the park. Um, and I think that most kids would not be scared unless they're like scared of heights, which would make them probably not like Soren very much. So that's all I have for this age group. So let's talk about adults. I'm sure there's gonna be some overlap for adults. So for adults, I picked Test Track. It's the fastest ride at Disney. It goes 60 miles an hour. And if you're a car person, you get to see some cars on the way out, usually some really expensive cars. So that's always kind of fun for the adults. I actually had Soren for my adult group. Um, it's just one of the bigger rides per se at Epcot. Um, and then my third was actually the festival kitchens, because like we talked about, there are festivals throughout the year. And whether you're doing Festival of the Arts at the beginning of the year, Food and Wine Festival, even Festival of the Holidays, there is so much to try food and beverage-wise that I think it's definitely something that shouldn't be missed if you're there during any of the festivals. I mean, yeah, can I just say food at Epcot is like yeah. the main attraction for adults? <laughs> That's true. Even if you're not there during the festivals, there, yeah. every country has quick service and most oh, of them have boy. table service and even just the snacks. 
Yeah, the food at Epcot is the main attraction for me, I'm going to tell you. Um, so I didn't think of the, the kitchens, but the festival kitchens, but yes, absolutely do not miss them. So I also had Test Track as my first for this age group, which I think is so much fun. I love the changes they made to it a few years ago. It makes it more interactive. It's super fun. Um, I have Spaceship Earth on here because I, so I went to Epcot in the 80s as a kid and Spaceship yeah. Earth just captured my imagination. I still, I ride it almost every time. I love it. I also had something that um, I don't do very often, but I think if people did this on their first trip, they would, um, adults would connect with it a lot. And that's the American Adventure. We went with friends who had never been to Disney World before and they were adults and we went to that. And that was the thing that they talked about when we got home. They taught, they thought that show was so moving and so great. So something that should maybe just be on your radar um if you're especially like just a couple going and there's no kids to check out american adventure all right let's go to hollywood studios for the littles so hollywood studios i think the brand new disney junior dance party is always great it has characters that they know and love um and it's really interactive for them so they shoot confetti from the ceiling the kids can get up and dance and it's just a lot of fun um, the new Alien Swirling Saucers in Toy Story Land is really cute. It has a really low height requirement. So my daughter was able to ride it before her second birthday. So most of the little ones can ride that. Um, and then for my third, I was kind of torn. Um, there is a Little Mermaid show, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which is inside completely. So on a hot day, a rainy day, that's really good. Or the other one. <laughs> she has opinions too. <laughs> or the other one that I think is great for that age is the Beauty and the Beast stage show. It's just another classic that the kids know and recognize. And that one is outside. So unless you are um, down in the main seating, which can fill up, the overflow seating is out in the hot sun and the bleachers or the rain and all the elements. So depending on the weather, you might want to pick which one best fits your day. Yeah, totally. So I, I only picked two for this, and it was the Disney Junior Dance Party and Alien Swirling Saucers, because they're both awesome for little ones. You know, Vampirina's in the Disney Junior Dance Party now, and I would love to go see Vampirina. <laughs> I love her. She's, She's adorable. Cold. She also has a meet and greet at the park now. She oh, got what? there. Yes, she got there back last fall. Oh. Good. She actually took Jake's spot. So where Jake used to meet and greet is now Vampirina. Wonderful. And when I went on Alien Swirling Saucers, my first thought is like little bitty kids would love this. They would love the motion of the ride. It'd be just the right amount of thrill. Like probably for your daughter, it was like just thrilling enough, right? <laughs> yeah. And the music's fun. It kind of keeps yeah. them engaged because they play the music while you're going around and Absolutely. Now, I'm not a fan of the aerial musical. I don't know. I've only seen it once, and maybe I had a bad cast or something, but I was thought it was so bad. <laughs> I feel like, like it's I a said. classic. I mean, if, if you've grown up on Little Mermaid, True. I mean, it's just you a retelling a of the whole point. story. <laughs> I think I just had bad, a bad aerial or something because it was like laughable bad. Like the acting was so bad. I think it was just a bad aerial. I should give it another chance. 
Okay. I like panned it on the podcast. I was like, my God, don't go to this. (laughs) I'll give it another chance. I'll have an open mind, but I do love the Beauty and the Beast stage show. I did. I saw that for the first time recently and I loved it. I think that kid, little kids, um, girls, especially that like Beauty and the Beast would get a big kick out of the stage show. That one was well done when I saw it. Okay. Let's talk about older kids. What do you think? So Toy Story Mania, it's my personal favorite of probably all of the parks. I just cannot get enough of that ride compete with brothers and sisters, compete with your spouse, compete with your little kids. It is so much fun. What? And I'm not good at video games. I'm not even good at the Buzz Lightyear ride at Magic Kingdom, but I am great at Toy Story Mania. <laughs> it's easier to score. It high really <laughs> is. Like it, it is, it is not hard. It is so much fun. Even if you don't do video games, um, the new Slinky Dog Dash, I think is a lot of fun. It, it's a really smooth ride and it has a couple little surprises in there. It's not just your traditional go around the circle on the track. Um, and then my third was the frozen sing-along celebration at Hollywood studios. Like Leah talked about, that's just the perfect age. And for moms and dads, they do have some clean adult humor in there to keep you engaged and entertained. So it's not super boring or overwhelming with let it go. I love it. I have the exact same three. This is the first time we've had the exact same That's three. That's true. Yeah. They're they're the best. I mean, I am a huge Slinky Dog Dash fan. I thought that coaster was brilliant. Yeah. I think it's so much fun. It's also really hard to get a fast pass for at this point. Um, and so when people ask me, like, what should I do about the Slinky Dog thing? And I say, if you can at all manage to go to Hollywood Studios towards the end of your trip, like if you're staying at a Disney resort, you get that window. Now, Sierra, this is where your travel agent knowledge comes in. Yeah. So on your first day, uh, okay, 100, mm-hmm. wait, 60 days in advance to Correct. get your fast passes. Yeah. On your first day, you can book how many days into your trip your whole trip you can book your whole trip your okay whole trip. so if you're staying for a little bit longer i mean even if you're staying for four or five days or six yes. or seven days if you can plan a day at hollywood studios at the end of that trip you're gonna definitely be able to get a slinky dog fast pass but I if agree. you try to get it on the first day of your trip you're gonna have a hard time so right. that's that's the trick with getting these there's two really hard to get fast passes right now. Slinky Dogs one, we're gonna talk about the other one when we talk about Animal Kingdom. But that yep. is the trick is to try and do them at the end of the trip. Um I also agree with the frozen sing along. I think it's so much fun. I didn't have high expectations going to it, but it was great. I love it. And Toy Star Mania, again, you cannot miss it. Okay, I bet I bet we're gonna have a lot of overlap on our adult ones too. So what you go ahead. So my three for Hollywood Studios are rock and roller coaster. Zero to 60 in less than three seconds, super fast, and it's all inside and in the dark. So it's all kind of a surprise. You never know what to expect. Um, Tower of Terror is another one that I think is great for teenagers and adults. And then my third is Star Tours. Um, whether you like Star Wars or not, it's just kind of a fun, thrilling ride. Go through space, see the characters. Um, and there is a height requirement of 40 inches on that. So little ones can't ride. Now, I will give you a fair warning. If you have motion sickness, Star Tours is one to avoid. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I don't do so good on Star Tours. I don't really have motion sickness too bad. For, For whatever reason, that one messes with me. Yeah, I, my, my son absolutely loves it. So when dad goes with us, he takes him. And when I have to, I sit there and close my eyes and take in as much as I can. 
Yeah. I mean, I so mine were Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, which, I mean, I think, like, teenagers are going to lose their minds over those rides. That's going to be their favorites. I think it's that's they the target. They are definitely thrilling. Yes. That's the target audience, like, for these rides. <laughs> They're the most thrilling rides at Animal, I mean, at all of Disney World, with the exception of a few at Animal Kingdom, I feel like. Um, so my third pick was Fantasmic, which is one of the nighttime entertainment options at Hollywood Studios. And I think that show is so much fun. I think it's scary for little kids. Like, I, I just, it's really loud and intense and visually stimulating. So I feel like it's better for the older crowd. I'm sure there are some kids that would not mind it at all at age six, but like, my daughter would be terrified. So. Oh, yeah. They do bring out the big Maleficent. So if anybody's scared yeah. of dragons, that yeah. might be <clears throat> I mean, it's just pretty. It's pretty intense, you know? I mean, it could definitely ha- bring on the bad dreams. <laughs> yes. That's right. So, um, but I think it's a, a wonderful show. And if you're going with the older crowd or as adults, don't miss it. All yes. right. We're doing good on time. Let's go on to Animal Kingdom, the fourth park. So Animal Kingdom for little ones, I have Kilimanjaro Safaris. You can get up close with animals and they really have so many animals to see. You have giraffes, you have elephants, you have lions. Um, I think that's really great for the little ones. It's way cooler than a zoo for sure. Yes. Um, I also have the Navi River Journey, which is in the new Pandora Avatar Land at Animal Kingdom. It's kind of like it's a small world just a really calm slow boat ride and then my third was triceratops spin which is kind of like dumbo but little dinosaurs for the kids and i think that's a good one um there's no height requirement or anything like that wonderful i have two of the same and you know i had safari on there but i bumped it out to (laughs) the next category so i could fit in one other thing that i wanted to have um so I have Navi River Journey, which is just a gorgeous ride. Um, and it, like you can take yeah. infants on it. You can take little babes on it. Um, yeah. And Triceratops Spin I have as well. And then the one I wanted to sneak in was the very big, very fun playground that is in Dino Land. And that's called the Boneyard, we know. <laughs> and um, we had to look that one up <laughs> before. I was like, wait, what is that called? Um, we have spent many hours there with my daughter when they need the time to unwind and have unstructured time. There are slides, things to climb on, and there's like um, a kind of a bridge that goes over to another part that not many people venture over to, but there's a big like a sand pit where you can dig for dinosaur bones and just play in the sand. Um, and if you have any kids that have like sensory issues, like that's a great place to decompress and have some like time playing in the sand, which is really nice. So next for a little bit older kids, go ahead. So this one was tough because there there's, a few that I thought of. Um, Primeval Whirl is kind of a, a good kids coaster. It is a little bit jerky. So if you have back and neck problems, I don't necessarily recommend it for adults. Um, but that usually is a fun one for the kids. And then as long as nobody is afraid of bugs, I thought it's tough to be a bug is a fun one for that age. Um, it's in the tree of life. So it's in the really big tree. As soon as you walk in the park, that's a good one and usually doesn't have super crazy wait times. And then for my third, I thought of the Festival of the Lion King show. I think it's a, a beautiful show and it's, a, it's a, 
It's a different retelling of the story that the kids know, but there's costumes and music and dancing. And so it does keep them engaged even, you know, as they get a little bit older. Awesome. I also had Festival of the Lion King on this and I just rewatched it a few weeks ago. And wow, it's so well done. It is. It's amazing. It's like Broadway quality show that is just included with your park admission. That is so much fun. I think it will wow any age group. It's a little bit scary. Like sometimes you see people leaving with little kids that get scared in the um, Scar song. part. (laughs) And it's it's a good 30 minutes. So I know like my daughter has had a hard time sitting through the whole show just in the dark and not being able to get up and move. And Yes, definitely. I agree. So I have the safari in this age group. That was just so I could sneak in the boneyard. But I think the safari is good for any age. It's not to be missed at Animal Kingdom. Please don't skip the safari. It's kind of like the signature thing there to do. Right. Um, I also put the other stage show, Finding Nemo the Musical, in this category because I personally love that musical. I cry at the end. I cry at everything, but I cry at the end of that musical. I do too. It's very touching for Especially parents. if you hold your sleeping babies yes. while you watch it. Yes. Tears will flow. Warning. Have <laughs> the tissues ready. It's very sentimental. Um, but the um, puppets that are used in that show are stunning. Um, and I feel like that's not to be missed. So let's wrap it up with older teenagers and adults at Animal Kingdom. So I'm sure we're going to agree on this one. But yes, like, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. And again, this is the other super crazy hard fast pass to get. It goes yeah. very, very quickly. If you don't have a fast pass, you could easily see a wait time of two hours yes. or longer. Um, but it's a really cool ride. It's really unique. It's really different from most of the rides. I personally think it's kind of like a combination of Star Tours and Soarin' a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's incredible. It's definitely something to see. And then I also thought Expedition Everest is a great one for that crowd. Um, They do have a single rider line. So if you don't care about being split up with your party, it's a great way to get on if you don't have a fast pass. And then my third choice was the dinosaur ride. Um, It's just kind of fun and different. And it isn't necessarily for little ones. It does have a height requirement of at least 40 inches, but it's kind of just different and kind of, you know, lets you feel like you're really traveling back in time and finding the dinosaurs. I had two out of the three the same. So Flight of Passage is not to be missed there. And again, if you can time a trip to Animal Kingdom later in your visit and you can get a fast pass a lot easier that way. Also, if you can get to the park early, you can get yourselves out of bed. Um, if the posted opening time at Animal Kingdom is, say, 8 o'clock they oftentimes open the park well before that to accommodate the crowds at Flight of Passage. So I have heard of up to 30 minutes early let them letting people in to get people on and off Flight of Passage before the park officially opens. So don't be surprised if you go early that you'll be able to walk right on. I gave my dad that tip when we went in the fall and he was like, sure enough, I was on the ride at 745 and the park was supposed to open at 8. So do that if you can. Expedition Everest is actually my favorite attraction in all of Walt Disney World. I think it is so good. 
<laughs> I love the storytelling in the ride. The, the ride is so much fun. I just love it. So please don't miss it. And um, I have used that single rider line before too. Um, I included the animal areas as the third in this because I think they're easy to skip over. You know, when you're at Disney World, you kind of sometimes get in the mindset of like, get from ride to ride to ride to ride. And you don't take the time to slow down and take in all of the beautiful details and scenery at Disney World. And so those animal walkthrough areas we do every time we go, they're so beautiful and well done. It is nothing like a zoo, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just Maharaja Jungle Track is amazing, oh, especially. I mean, they, they all are, but we love that one, especially love- see the baby tigers that were born last year. They are wonderful. So yes, please don't skip over them thinking, oh, well, I can just see animals at my local zoo. It's not the same experience. It is a whole nother level. So that will wrap it up. Well, I think that this will be really helpful to people if they're trying to wrap their minds around Disney World for the first time. I mean, the, the takeaway is you're going to have to make choices. Like you cannot see and do everything at Disney World on your first trip. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the important thing to remember. It's like, don't try. It's impossible. Don't try it. <laughs> Make choices. You'll miss so much if yes. you rush from attraction to attraction just trying to fit it all in. Kids won't feel good. You'll yeah. miss just that Disney magic that happens in the day-to-day. Yes. I think that's the number one reason people don't have fun is they like try to do too much. So make choices about what's most important to you. And I hope this information helped you make choices. And um, Sierra, thank you so much for being on the show. Anytime. It was fun. Hopefully it was helpful to your readers and listeners. Thanks everyone for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I want to make sure that patrons of the show know that they have a few patrons only podcast episodes available now on the Patreon page. If you don't know what I am talking about, it is a way you can support the show with a small monthly contribution starting at $2 a month. Um, In this episode for patrons only, I did give my secret hack for Magical Express. So that's what to look for over there. That's at p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com. So you can find me at The Budget Mouse or The Frugal South. I'm on Instagram as The Budget Mouse and I'm on Facebook in The Budget Mouse Facebook group almost daily. You can also email me directly if you ever have a question at Leah, that's L-E-A-H, at thebudgetmouse.com. Thanks again and have a magical day.